Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Canadian-based jazz pianist and composer James McGowan on the 2023 CD Reaching M. This new project is the first half of an extended story told through music, spoken word, program notes, and visual art. It depicts a protagonist journey from struggles of isolation, low self-worth, social anxiety, addiction, and loss, to finding peace, acceptance, belonging, and a sense of community. Using powerful musical expression, tonal interconnections, reoccurring themes, and several pervasive musical motifs. This 16-movement concept album conveys deep feelings and extra musical meaning. We cover this album, COVID, and so much more. Enjoy. Great to catch back up with you. Thanks for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz today. My pleasure. So before we get into this project, which just seems like kind of a, it's a very visual and almost seems like a cathartic kind of project. I want to know how you did through COVID. How did you survive that time period? And how has it changed the way that you approach things now that, you know, the world's waking up and we're entering this post-pandemic era of our existence? Yeah, absolutely critical question. I think we're all, all artists are grappling with that. Um, yeah, I truly believe that uh, the COVID period, you know, regardless of how we, anyone specifically, you know, handled it, did change how we do our art. Like we now know that, um, you know, we can we can do a gig, we can we can do a show, but that's not uh, a guaranteed anymore. <laughs> I, I think the art. What it did show though uh, is that you know, music, the art is the essential part of our life, our existence. So, so how do I, you know, and I think a lot of people did the same sort of thing. We question what we're doing. Um, and in my own craft, I, you know, I said, well, you know, we're, we're in a digital world. This is the only way to, to really comfortably exist. Um, but, you know, despite the fact that, you know, albums these days don't generate, you know, a lot of money, sometimes we lose money on these projects, but it is the way to communicate, you know, and, and people do want to hear music. People do want to hear uh, art that represents the time and existence and, and, and who we are in the moment. And that's where I'm coming at it. That's, I, I want to create something. Uh, I want to create something that can be performed and, and critically engage with our, our audiences, but really can reach people uh, that represents what, you know, some of us or all of us are going through. So, have you played any live shows recently? I, I played a number of shows. So, not with the group that's on this album, uh, because I mean that this is a larger project that was comprised of a whole bunch of busy people. Um, but uh, I, I am playing a fair bit, you know, in addition to my my work, you know, in, in education. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there there is a there's a resurgence of people wanting to go see now. Go, see, we're starting to get, get more comfortable getting out, and uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been good that way. I do want to get some of my newer things with the larger ensemble out there, and we we've got uh you know we we got a show sort of planned, but um but that's the thing, like uh, you got to go with the flow and, and uh, respond to the situation you're in, and uh, I'm trying to play as much as I can because that's what people want to hear. Uh, you know, that's what I want to be doing. Well, and I guess my question to you is, how does the crowd feel? How does the crowd feel now prior to 
you know, the pandemic beginning? I mean, is there a, is there a level of energy that's different? That's a great question. I don't know if other people have the same experiences, um, but, um, you know, I, I find that the audiences that I've had have been, uh, for the most part, you know, happy to be there. Like, maybe that's a, a trite way of saying that. There are some people who are gen- genuinely grateful that live music has returned. Uh, there's other people who have sort of, you know, uh, haven't come back or, or come back sporadically. Uh, there isn't a great difference that I've noticed, but I think there are some people that I've engaged with them, and I, I personally feel the same way when you go out to, uh, to uh, a concert. You can't take it for granted. Uh, and there's more of a, a gratitude uh, of, of connecting with the audience and, and the audience connecting with the with the artists. And some artists take advantage of that they, in a positive way by saying, you know, here's my audience. I, I don't want to take you for granted, and, and let's create a relationship. Um, and, and that, to me, is a positive uh, way of, of where music is currently. And I, I've experienced some of that. Uh, I think we could we can always do better as an audience and getting people out there um, but I, I do think there's a great awareness that uh, we can't take it for granted. So as you mentioned on this latest album, Reaching In, you know, there, it's, it's a large cast of musicians. But I'm curious with this kind of undertaking from a visual standpoint and, and an audio standpoint, talk to me a little bit about how you conceive this idea and how you artistically follow through on it. So um, I'm going to start by saying, uh, you know, as a jazz musician, I don't consider myself, you know, uh, strictly in, in any kind of traditional vein at all. Like, uh, I, I first of all, I believe in, in the inter, inter uh, well, a fusion of different musical ideas, but also music is connecting style, uh, stylistically and finding finding points of intersection with other arts. So I believe in finding uh, inter arts. Uh, uh, expression as as the way to go where my desire uh, to create is going. Um, as a music specialist, I, I feel the need to collaborate and, and, and partner with uh, those who are specialists in other areas. So um, this particular project, Reaching In, is part of a, a, a turned out to be a very large plan of, of two albums, and this is the first album, um, where I'm telling a story. So there's the, there's the poetry side of things, um, and there's some that's, there's just three tracks on each of the two albums that are going to be and, and are have um, this, this spoken word mixed with this uh, this uh, jazz classical fusion type of um, background. Um, and then I wanted the visual element, as you're mentioning, and that's where um, earlier on I connected with this this visual artist, this painter in ta- in, in Ottawa, where I live, Canada. And, um, and and she does a lot of really good emotional type of um, very visual, you know, lots of color uh, artistic work. And she loves jazz and gets it too. Um, so I commissioned her to write, uh, to, to sorry, to paint a, a painting based upon the narrative of this album. Uh, and she did a great job and, and the, the painting is out there uh, with the music. And it really captures a lot of the ideas and it actually influences some of the music in return. It's a very um, mutually uh, productive relationship. Um, and then when I do live music, we, uh, we've done two shows with this music already. We're doing another show uh, coming up in September, Take Some Planning, that involves live painting, that involves um, also some movement and dance, uh, 
and and of course there's the spoken word part of it. So it'll be very immersive, a very uh, very multimedia without the digital uh, form of engagement with an audience. That's where this this that's where this project is going to create as much of an immersive experience as possible for an audience. You know, and that's rather unique, you know, in the world of of music. But I've noticed lately in the world of jazz, a lot of people are really going out of their way to kind of fuse together this art and the message, you know, whether it's spoken or music. Was this Would this have happened prior to the pandemic? Do you think there was a level of this that kind of has been brought brought to life because we've changed so much as a people? I mean, there's been so many revelations and so many things that have gone into the way that we've evolved, I think, and changed over this time. So the short answer is yes. Uh, and But but I'm going to definitely expand on that by saying, like, I was headed in this direction already, uh, but, man, this is just a jump start. Like, we, we had time to think. Um, I remember I was talking to you about, with my last album right at the start of the pandemic, and we we had a wonderful conversation about about you know how this is affecting us and and that album was created without pandemic concerns until the, the very last part of it which was the the mixing and mastering um, but this album was conceived um, right around that time so there was a, a, a very compositional it was a very um, private exercise whereas uh, the previous jazz was really created more collectively. Well, this this just was more of a compositional side. So I tapped into my my composition background, um, you know, in the classical side of things. Uh, but I do think that jazz today isn't defined by you know uh, a very limited sense of what jazz is. It doesn't have to always just swing. It doesn't have to always have this. I think jazz, in its in its most progressive, in its most contemporary sense, is a very inclusive and a very broad field. And and that's what I love about jazz personally. Um, so so this project, you know, getting back to your question, absolutely comes from uh, the, the time to, to to develop these ideas. That uh, by not going out and playing, by not going out and, and and doing work outside the home, actually allowed me to do. And and uh, a lot of it did reflecting on on the sense of isolation, of of um, conflict, of um, dealing with our own issues, whether they be, uh, y- you know, any kind of, uh, well, any kind of internal crisis, really. And, and then how to channel that, and I think I've seen a lot of people who do this, like how do we how do we dress this through our art? And, and that's where I was going with this. Um, yeah, I, I, I really think that this it does come about from this whole process that we've all experienced. So what are you ultimately hoping the listener gets from this project overall, like the entirety of it? What are you hoping? First of all, uh, I think with this particular project, I go back to the time when people listen to albums. You know, we know that lots of people do playlists on Spotify or whatever, and that's not to put that down in in, in any way. Um, But, I personally value listening to an album because there's there's a there's a sense of design, you know, by many artists who put together an album historically, whether and concept albums in any genre, to me, it represents the epitome of what an album can do. It's like a more than a novel; it's like a full embracing experience. 
and that's where a lot of the inspiration is to to put together this, this two this two part, especially this album, reaching in, which I'm I'm, I'm sharing. Um, it's it's it is a story. It's a narrative. It's a concept album. Um, and yeah, and that that's that's pretty critical for me. Um, and what I what I like to get a listener to do is is take the time to to listen to an to a track. You know, absolutely. In, in experience, but the, all the tracks on the album are intentionally different stylistically, um, but so incredibly connected motivically and thematically. There's all these intersections and interconnect, uh, interconnections that uh, allow uh, a really uh, rich experience by having the music itself tell the story, the music itself with the themes and its motives have meaning. So my hope is that a listener will take the time to listen to the album, whether it's, there's three parts to it, so the first part, the second part, third part, or all all 16 tracks, and really experience what the sounds are, are saying to them and how the sounds link into the, the few pieces that have, a, have the actual narrative in the, in the spoken word and have how that relates to their own journeys and their own experiences. So really and truly my hope is that people take the time to listen to music to see what it means to them. It's, it's, it's the best way to experience this. And everyone who I've talked to who, who takes that time, they say, wow, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a deep listening type of album. So the other part of this is that you have all these musicians together. How did you all come together for a synergy that worked, that made this album sound and come out sonically the way that you wanted it to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the string quartet, which is a found fundamental part of this album, um, is someone who, is a group of people. There are four family members: there are two siblings. Uh, sorry, uh, four siblings, two two uh, sisters, and two brothers. Uh, and they also have a colleague who comes in and, and, and plays with them. Uh, but this group is who I met a creative relationship, and we developed a rapport. But everyone else on the album, I already knew really well and, and, and played with in many contexts. Uh, so the core rhythm section is what we call my Motosaurus, which is the name of my previous and still existing fusion band. Um, so that quartet plus the string quartet plus four horns plus a couple, couple others who, who jumped in. Uh, I knew these people individually. I knew what they could do as a group in, 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 in subgroups. So writing to them was really about, like, I know what they're going to do. I know their sound. I know what, you know, they can do improvisatory. Uh, so putting together the ensemble was less of an orchestral process, like writing generically for people you don't know, and really about knowing these people as human beings and, and, and great artists. And, um, you know, I, 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 I've worked with these people before, and I just know that, you know, two rehearsals with limited time necessarily will get the job done because they're going to take the time to understand what I'm doing. Anyway, long story short, I knew these people. I knew it was going to work. I wrote for them, and I was, you know, I got it right. And we tweaked it as we went along, of course, with their input. But uh, I'm really happy with how it turned out working with these great artists. You know, you have this, you know, perspective, and, and there's a lot of musicians out there that do, you know, you're not only are you a practitioner, you know, recording artist, live performer, but you also educate as well. There was a fear, I think, over this last three years that 
a lot of people were moving out of big cities and maybe students wouldn't want to get into jazz. But my sense from my end of the microphone is that it's just as strong, if not stronger, than it's ever been. What's your perspective? How are you seeing the younger or even the minting of the older generation coming together to make this community? Do you, do you see it as strong now? Yeah, you know, uh, uh, unfortunately, you don't have two hours to hear me pontificate on this, but man, I I, I really agree with you. Um, where my own particular university, where I'm, I'm a faculty member, I'm also one of the directors of our jazz camp, which is a group that is which is a program for middle to high school students uh, for universities and the adults, but really focusing on on a, a group that would historically be you know really getting into jazz. Uh, and yet some of these people had their music programs really suffer that some schools just stopped music entirely. Uh, and, or if they had music, they, they didn't allow wind players to play and all that stuff. Like, and I don't want to get into whether that was the right thing or wrong thing, but the, 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 the real challenge now is we have a whole bunch of people who don't know the joy of music making. Uh, so myself, uh, my colleagues and I have been working through, uh, middle school programs, outreach programs, high school students, and trying to get them to re-experience it. I ran a program on improvisation a couple months ago, and I had like 20 kids, uh, mostly, you know, grade 8, 9, 10, like, you know, 13, 14, 15-ish. And they're, seeing their eyes open up and just their, their, whole, I, like, their whole body language came about with this, this new positivity uh, and I see this happening wherever people get this taste of music, and specifically jazz because of its, uh, you know, wonderful way of, of linking uh, other people together and creating community. Um, it, it's there, like it's, it's coming back. As long as you don't see jazz as being like an immutable, fixed object from the past, but a currently living and breathing musical, you know, tradition uh, and, and practice of the day. Uh, then we're going to get our people. Uh, we're running a jazz camp um, next week at my university, at Carleton University in, in, in Ottawa, Canada, and and um, we ha our, our enrollments went through the roof. We had to cut it off, uh, and we can't do more than this number of people. So um, yeah, the interest is there. We just need to convince some of the parents to say yes, this is a viable field. But the kids, uh, when they get the opportunity love it, and it's meaningful to them. That's what's important. So talk to me a little bit about what's next for you. I know you want to present this music reaching in. You, you know, uh, you, you kind of touched on that early on. What are your plans as we kind of look forward, and how can people find out about any live shows that might be coming up for you? Yeah, so I, I use uh, I use you know, social media. I'm, I'm primarily a Facebook guy, as my kids say, because I'm an old guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I put stuff up in there. My website, jamesmcgowan.ca, uh, not com.ca, uh, is, is where I put a lot of that information as well. So, um, the big thing that's going to focus my energies is, uh, to put together a few of these, uh, very, um, multimedia type presentations. Uh, for the current album, but also in creating music for the next album. The next album reaching out at this point in time is about half uh, already recorded uh, in rough. Um, and so we need to do some more editing on the, what, what we've already done. 
um, we did some of that while recording the first album, which which reaching in the continuation reaching out will have some music that it's I'm just finishing now. We're going to be uh, performing over the summer and into the fall and recording um, in different forms. So yeah, so my main focus from a from a you know taking my time will be putting together this next album where I'm the composer, I'm performer, I'm the organizer of the musicians, and I'm producing the album with uh, a wonderful sound engineer and then a wonderful mix mastering engineer. So that's, that's really my focus for next year. Beyond that, we'll see. Uh, I might want to take a little bit of a break, uh, but I, I love the energy that's that's in the momentum that I have with this current project. I'll keep doing some smaller work, so smaller like trios and quartets, but uh, my passion right now is getting this story out there. You know, the one thing I think we figured out over this time period, the last three years, was there, there's a there's more ideal places to pick up music. Is Bandcamp the play, best place to pick up Reach-In? So, yeah, um, you know, I have some CDs, but yeah, Bandcamp I, has been a great, uh, in terms of co- corporate, you know, entities, they've been more supportive of musicians than, uh, than many others. So yeah, I do strong support Bandcamp. I have a great page set up there. I encourage people to take a look. It's got some of my other albums on there. And yeah, that's uh, you can check out James McGowan Ensemble on Bandcamp. Yeah, and thanks for pointing that out. James, it's great to catch back up with you. Thank you for being candid and opening up about this project and this world that we're, we're entering back into where things are opening up. I appreciate it. Thank you for doing what you're doing and making sure that artists have a voice. Uh, and uh, that's what we all want to hear. We want to create community that way. Thank you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Chess interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Canada, New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to James for his second time on Neon Chess and for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more interviews, you can find Neon Chess interviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube. And for everything Neon Chess, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.